551 podcast. My name is Wes Berdine, and uh, we're back in the saddle. Uh, it, it feels like forever since we've done this. The seats are freaking cold. <clears throat> the seats are cold. We need to warm them the up. The equipment was not set up. <laughs> Our pets' heads are falling off. Uh, Rodrigo, you're in the room with me. How are you, man? I am good. How is everybody doing? Uh, well, don't we won't announce the third person, so don't answer that yet, other oh, third okay. person. But you are a master of fine arts. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You were supposed to come karaoke with me to celebrate, and I know, you didn't. I know. I got, I, I'm old. I just can't. Yeah. I just can't do so much stuff. All yeah. these young, young, young kids in the MFA program wanted to do other things. And I was like, I just want to have a Chilcano. And then when that was taken away from me, I was like, I'm just going to go home. Okay. Well, so. screw those young kids. Uh, on the phone with us, uh, one of those young kids, just a real young Turk, Alex Schieferdecker in Philadelphia. How are you, man? I am doing well. I am not a master of any fine arts, but uh, congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. I know. I, I wonder, does co-host po- podcasting co-host guests is, is that does that fall on their fine arts? I mean, that's yeah, obviously. All right, cool. I mean, it's what well, I have a I have a PhD. So I went to school for that. Just then. this very thing. Uh, Alex is just a bachelor of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> Alex, you were in uh, Minnesota this weekend, but we didn't catch you because. You were celebrating. It was your grandma's ninetieth, ninetieth birthday. Yeah. Wow. Well, big old nine oh. Congratulations, Grandma Grandma Schieferdecker or Grandma other name, but, Grandma uh, Alexander. Alexander, is she doing well? Actually, she's Grandma Patch now, but yeah, she's doing well. Uh, she's she's in pretty good shape for for ninety. It's uh, it's cool to see. Cool. Good. Good. Um, uh, well, sorry that we missed you when you were in town, but uh, at least we can catch your your voice here. Uh, you you saw a Timberwolves game while you're here, though. That's what you did. I did. Yeah, I saw the. Uh, I wish I had. Um, I wish I had uh, stick around for the Timberwolves game on uh, Monday because uh, that was a much better game to watch. Uh, but uh, they're good, man. They're good. I think. <laughs> Don't, uh, so, I, as someone who follows nothing about uh, basketball but understands that there was controversy and the guy who was controversial got traded away, do we still hate their head coach? Though I thought, I thought the yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we yeah, Thibodeau is kind of a dinosaur. Okay, he's Great. not bad, but he he needs to. I mean, this will sound familiar. He needs to give more time to young players, uh, and. He sort of relies or has been relying on sort of outdated defensive schemes and is getting bailed out right now by a really good player. Wow, that sounds totally unfamiliar. I've never heard of that before in Minnesota sports. Yeah, uh, I know. D Rose. Well, so on the on the podcast this week, uh, we've got it's off season, so we've got random issues and Twitter. We got stuff. random. This is going to be the randomest podcast. Yeah, we definitely we'll always have our issues. Uh, but the last podcast we did was a live podcast at the Black Heart. That was awesome. Uh, by it the way, it was fantastic. It was great to see like just a bunch of people in there, and especially because the week before. Um, uh, you know, uh, we call it soccer. Those guys had done a live podcast, and, and uh, I think that there will be some crossover podcasts between the, a, a few of the the people who do these podcasts uh, live, and we'll do them live at the bar because I want people drinking at my bar, and it's kind of a cool little room back there. Um, but we're going to talk about we've got Greg Berhalter, we've got Minnesota United, we've got uh, a little bit of uh, uh, Copa Conquistadores. Yes. Um, and uh, let's just uh, let, let me just jump right in here with uh, this news. Greg Burhalter, uh, you know, 3G Burhalter, um, got named U.S. Men's National Team coach. Uh, the longest, uh, longest search ever for the person that we all thought it was going to be. Anyway, uh, Alex, do you want to? Do, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I think that <laughs> I don't think it's a bad hire. Um, but I think that it was Grant Wall who wrote that, like, it was it, basically it was a good hire, but the, the process kind of taints it. Um, yeah. It's like if, if you end up with Greg Berhalter after a thorough, long, I mean, it's totally believable that you might end up with Greg Berhalter after a very thorough, long process in which you interview all the relevant candidates, you know, and, and, and you make a decision. There's no reason why Greg Berhalter wouldn't, you know, or couldn't have been the candidate to emerge from that. 
but in fact, they basically did this big, this sort of closed door process where nobody knew what was going on. A lot of really obvious candidates weren't interviewed at all. It now appears that they only ultimately talked to Burhalter and Oscar Pereja. Right. And it's, I mean, it's it, it just as... You know, there was all this after the after the Trinidad loss. There was this big push for change at USSF. Um, you know, there was there was this sort of contested election where there were all of these candidates, and none of them were great. Some of them were really bad, and we, we you know we we ended up with this sort of GM position and that that was sort of never defined and then it took six months to hire the gm after came in and once he came in everyone was like oh he's good friends with greg berhalter greg berhalter will be the coach and then we had to wait another six months for confirmation of that and it's just the it doesn't seem like it was an optimal process yeah and even though the result is one that i think people can live with and and is not a bad result you have to ask some questions about what U.S. soccer is doing. Yet again, we have to ask questions about what U.S. soccer is doing. Yeah, um, you know, everyone who listens to this podcast knows my deep abiding love for um, 3G, uh, um, uh, Greg Kierkegaard, uh, Burhalter third. Um, I love him. I'm glad that he's a coach. I think he will be good. I hope so. Um, but... Grant Wall's piece, you're right, was one of many. Uh, I, I saw very few articles that were trumpeting uh, the announcement because it was all mired in the the way he got announced. And Grant's piece is extremely generous. I think um, you know Grant is trying to be critical, but also kind of uh, um, you know, put it in the the most kind of generous light like uh and still he comes out with yeah this was poorly done uh six months to hire a gm and we all you know on this podcast we talked about yeah it makes sense to wait until after the world cup so you can you'll have way better candidates and then you didn't interview a single one of those candidates you didn't interview tata martino and maybe maybe someone like tata didn't want to take that interview or something you know but um it's just it doesn't make sense and it's really frustrating and it's a really poor way to start this this uh announcement right like when you want the announcement you want this good press you want to inject new uh energy in into uh fans and when the narratives are all extremely understandably going to be uh, caught up in well how terrible was this process and and some of the fans doing kind of this more conspiracy theory stuff about well Greg Berhalter's brother Jay has this big important position at U.S. Soccer because he hired um, Ernie Stewart, and so he just orchestrated this. I, I think that there's way more innocent ways to come up with. This is just a um, inbred world, um, but Greg Berhalter's there. Uh, I think that we'll be able to put this behind us once he gets some success, and hopefully he gets success. But it, well, one it is, of the ways that I mean, we we saw this like. We, one of the ways that you insulate yourself from criticisms of nepotism is by having a very open, transparent process. Yeah. You yeah. know, with, with very discrete steps that everyone can understand. And, you know, I think that, again, the outcome is not... In the same way that, like, the Harrison Heath signing was, was a problem for us, like... Yeah. There's nothing wrong with like going and taking a flyer on a cheap 21 year old, you know, midfielder with, you know, domestic experience or whatever. They're, like in isolation, there's nothing wrong with that signing. But in the circumstances, given who was in a position of power and making decisions, and and how many questions there already were right. regarding Minnesota's transfer policy, it looked like just like it, it just looked terrible. That kind of a signing. It's the same thing with this Burhalter choice yes. and, and the connections with USSF and the whole process that they ran. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, I think a, a perfect parallel to it. Um, uh, yeah, to move on from that, uh, let's talk about a couple of games that are coming up. One is the uh, first is Saturday, uh, Portland versus Atlanta. It's the MLS Cup final 7 p.m. We're going to be doing it at the Blackheart in the <clears throat> back lounge, which, uh, um, you know, we have like a, 
a whole event going on in the rest of the bar for kind of uh, um, long-time customers, and so that had been scheduled for like six months. So I'm kind of kind of bummed because I think the back bar is going to be full. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I think that we could fill the bar, the front bar, with more people. Oh well. But if you want to come, come to the back bar. It will. Uh, It'll be packed and great, and a lot of and great to to yell at how much we hate Atlanta, and you know suck up how much we uh, I guess are gonna cheer for Giovanni Savarisi. Uh, uh, do we gotta cheer for the Peruvian? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Pol- Polo is on. <laughs> yep, Andy Polo's on that okay. team. All right, we'll cheer for the Peruvian. Uh, uh, peace goes all around uh, when when he scores a goal. Free Pisco for everyone. I'm kidding. That's not real. <laughs> Don't say that. It's on the pod now. <laughs> Someone's going to call yeah, you on yeah. it. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for that. And then the next day, you want to talk about Copa Conquistadores, which is uh, oh, your term for it. Uh, Boca Juniors versus River Plate. Uh, let's, let's just uh, briefly go through the history of how this game got to be this Sunday in Doha, in Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it? Well, let's see. Well, this is referred to in Argentina as a super classico, and there are these things called barras bravas, which are, you know, pretty much translates to hooliganism. Um, but apparently, Comebol and the uh, Argentine Federation, Social Federation, they they can't guarantee the safety of a bus, and on the way to the River Plate Stadium. Um, you know, um, some River Plate fans on video were caught throwing rocks or whatever, and and what are other other uh, elements and breaking wind, breaking windows into the bus, and then so that injured some other players. Uh, the most the captain, they delayed it. I mean, we all know that Concacaf is corrupt and FIFA is corrupt, but Comebol is in a whole different yeah. <laughs> different paycheck. There is, you know. Uh, at that point, you know, I was watching, um, we were watching it, and like every second there was something else going on, and every update that was going on, you know, are they going to play, are they not going to play, and then... Well, and, and, and it seemed that Comnibal was going to force them Yeah, it's going to force to play, and then, uh, and then so that was, that was just like, and people were up in arms about that, and eventually they called it off, but like they were having like a FIFA meeting within the stadium, and it was one of those things. Like if you ever watch like Fox Sports Deportes, they were had they had like all the juicy gossip going on. Like yeah, like they just they just walked in a cooler full of sandwiches. They're going to this is going to be a <laughs> literally like this is going to be a great great great. It's going to be a long meeting. We don't know what's going on. They just fed the players sandwiches. No one's leaving the. I mean, like little by little, and then they're going outside and they're like trying to talk to some of the fans and. And it's like, you know, it's like, and for that reason, you know, and this is, you know, shout out to Eric, because G20 is in Argentina, and is, in, is in Buenos Aires right now. Yeah. And so, like, this whole aspect of, like, there's just a ticking time bomb that was going to happen. And yeah. we all, but, like, everyone who's ever followed any Argentinian soccer know that knows that Boca and River just not only turns out the masses, but turns out the crazies. Yeah, I mean, and that, you couldn't that, guarantee the safety out of anything. I mean, that then... that rivalry is in that kind of top three, right? right. That that mm-hmm. people always talk about. Those games right. are batshit crazy. The, the same way people talk about the old firm derby and and things. Yeah, like that. no, so, like it's it's in a whole it's a whole different different world or aspect of it. And the 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 disappointing thing was the fact that instead of choosing it. For a later date, or maybe in a neighboring um, country that could host the cup or host the Put final. In Manaus, in that uh, unused stadium <laughs> in, in the jungle in Brazil. Like I, I wouldn't even really matter if it was like you know at, at the, at they 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 chose a place that you know totally goes against the name of what the cup was named after. Right? It's uh, it is um, you know the Libertadores Cup is named after. Their, um, the Libertadores, or the kind of like the freedom fighter movement in in, in South America, that freed uh, all all the nations from the Spanish reign. Mm-hmm. So right, so Simon Bolivar and um, all these. So now it's being you know put into a, a place where, well, we who knows what's going to happen. So I so mean, is it is it in Doha now? Yeah, I thought it was going to be in Madrid. Uh, 
I was pretty sure it was going to be in Madrid, but did that change? But, but the thing is, too, is Boca says that they didn't want to play anymore. Like they were. I know. Were, Neither team wants to play there. Yeah. So then, like, who knows what's going on? So, uh, like, no, I, my, no, my information could be totally out of date. So I thought they were also thinking of playing at Miami, which seems like, I don't know, a better option than across an ocean. It is Madrid. I, I'm sorry I said Doha, everyone. I, I I think that they were talking about maybe Doha, and then I just took that. Yeah, as, the well, thing that is, would be like Madrid. classic, right? To go to immediately go to the UAE or something. Yeah, and that's what makes it even more like against the whole cup accident. But the thing to sue is just that is that why even you know like if you if, if you are condoning violence if you, if you are you know go against violence and all the things that have it then then have them settle it in a in a different stadium i mean miami you know would have been uh a different option i mean i think that would have been enough i think that people would have been satisfied with that um but i mean there's paraguay there's uruguay i mean there's other places around that they could have done that or just delayed it even even longer to be able to try to do it i mean i mean you can't guarantee the safety of a bus yeah i mean what's your police <laughs> i guess i guess the the further away that you put it uh then the more you guarantee right. and then we all know the reason for this whole list is like it, it's, it's money right it's all yeah. about money it's all about making the money and you know, all those tickets and everything else and the endorsements and everything else and you know that Comebol wasn't losing any of that stuff but it, it brings a, it brings again an ug- another ugly face in into this of the sport and also and specifically of something i'm sure a lot of argentinians are not happy with is the way that they are portrayed uh, worldwide right yeah. and so i think um i'm not happy that it's happening in madrid uh, I'm particularly not really happy about that, but um, Madrid but, is is at least a step up from Doha, though. So at least that is true. By me that just is saying true. that, where does Miami we, we, fit we into that? that. Uh, I mean, uh, my, the difference of Miami is you would have you would have more Argentinians in the U.S. who would be able to travel to exactly it, but, right. But uh, but yeah. they're guaranteed. Yeah, and then now at the latest I've heard is that there's the, the teams don't want to play there. There's a, there's a grumbling and a disagreement on why they don't want to play there, and so who knows when what, what's what's going to happen? But more than likely, Comebol and FIFA are going to get their way, and they're going and then we're going to be watching them play in Madrid. And I mean, I mean, if 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 doing the. Um, if Barcelona had to play in an empty stadium, why can't we just have the same thing? Just right. Televise it somewhere else, or as my right. as one of my tweet, as one of my tweets game. just said, you know, just this is a children's game, right? Mm-hmm. If we want to celebrate it and do it, just let's figure out and do paper rock scissors and decide the decide the winner <laughs> in the children's game way, right? But it's all about the money, right? It's all about generating you know, all that stuff, and 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 right now I don't I don't know where Comebol is going to sit with this. And how, what kind of, uh, uh, you know, what kind of thing is going to happen, and what the 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 consequences maybe of, of moving this and doing so. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are upset, and there are a lot of people who just don't don't think about it. So overall, that I've gone over my two minutes, but yeah, yeah, Copa Conquistadores. <laughs> All right, on that, let's let's take a break. We've got some uh, Minnesota United stuff to to talk to. We'll we'll do some uh, tributes to uh, to some dearly departed. All right, back on the fifty five one podcast. Uh, we had some players leave. We had like 30 of them leave. Basically, we've got like one player standing. We're an expansion e- team again. Just Ethan Finley. Just him. <laughs> just Ethan Finley. Uh, <laughs> uh, so just, you know, last week, all the contracts got finally announced of who who's not coming back. Uh, I'll take us down the names, and we can stop and talk about Mark Birch, uh, Fernando Bob, rest in peace, Alexi Gomez, Harrison Heath, Ibsen, Alex Cap. Uh, Matt Lamson, Maximiano, uh, uh, Bertrand Owundi uh, Ako. The ghost. Uh, yeah, the ghost. Yep. Uh, Franz Pangop, uh, Pangop Party, uh, Jerome Tisson, uh, Johan Venegas, and Colin Warner. Um, Alex, why don't you take one of those and uh, and, and pay tribute and, or, or, or who stands out? Are we, from, are we doing odes or elegies for these? Uh, whatever. I, I mean, who stands out from this this group that that you you have any thoughts on, Alex? You you go well, first. Well, I think it's absolutely crazy that the team is cutting bait on a young prospect in defense, 
Bertrand a Wounded Echo. <laughs> uh, You're going to go with Ghost. Ghost! He was, he was showing so Patrick much promise in that game when the Charlotte Independents shipped, I think, six goals, and he was, like, directly responsible for three of them. Um, no, I, I think that... And he uh, scored you know, an own goal. Right? The only not... goal he scored was an own goal in our friendly, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, I didn't go to that game, so now it's, it's just like a blank to me. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there isn't a name here that surprises me, but... There are a couple of guys, actually, you know, two, two guys, especially three guys on this list who really made, I think, a, a real impact with the club on the field and off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, that Ibsen, uh, Jerome Tison and, and Matt Lampson are those yeah, three. You only get to pick one though. Well, let's, we'll, I'll leave Ibsen and Jerome to you, but I'll, I'll just say that Matt Lampson, he was the, um, like the, M- I forget what the official award is, like the MLS works, like humanitarian. humanitarian yeah. 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 And, and, and I mean, he, you know, he's a cancer survivor. He does, he has this Lampstrong charity. He invites uh, other people who are dealing with cancer, uh, to, to the games. Um, he visits people in the hospital. I mean, he's just a saint. And, yeah. You know, I think I think he did not have a great season with us on the field, and you can understand why he's he's not coming back. But I feel I, f- I feel like you know I I feel really like he he's gonna I feel good that he's gonna go somewhere else and be able to enrich another community with his with his work. Um, and whether or not he plays, uh, you know, I guess that's I think that's a little bit less important because his. Yeah. His off the field efforts are so extraordinary, and I think Minnesota Minnesota will miss that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I have a, a friend of ours whose son has has cancer, who stands near us in in the near me in the the dark cloud section. You know, um, uh, you know, Lampson visited a couple times, and yeah, like that. It's kind of those kind of. Uh, uh, sincere touches from players these days are, are, are few and far between we'll talk about that with Tison uh, as well but on a sporting side um, I think it's very clear that the team wants a better starting keeper this this move says to me uh, that you know they'll bring in another Alex cap type third string guy um, those guys are available, but that this team wants a, someone above Shuttleworth. That's why they brought in Lampson. I'm, I don't know if no, you know. I think we, we people kind of knew that Lampson was similar to Shuttleworth, so you had two B level uh, uh, keepers. They want someone above Shuttleworth, and that that they're going to be pursuing that this off season. Um, uh, Rodrigo, who do, who do you want to? What, what name do you want to pull out here? To, to eulogize her, well, he stands out. I, I think. I think. Uh, you know, like like Alex made. There were those three players actually made an made an impact on the team. You know, from Ibsen. Uh, I was really. I was. I was attached to. I was attached to Jerry in a sense, but I understand. The, I understand the move because of his injuries and he wasn't as a as a key player um, this season. But overall, I mean, the man knows how to run. How how to run an Instagram account? Yeah. At least hire him to do that for yeah. the United. Yeah. I mean, at least so do him, that. Him, him right? and Alpha get bring them on and do the tweet. That's tweets. right. You know, to have yeah. them work social media for you. Yeah. I mean, they it is it is obvious that you know they are they are cared for in this in this community. Yeah. And and they like being here. Yeah. So. And can I can, let me ask you guys this question? I um I was at a um the the. Uh, St. Paul Community Benefit. Oh, yeah. I want all uh, the details about uh, that things. one. Yeah, I won't go into it too much here, but basically the team has um, committed to uh, some sort of community benefit fund. These are pretty common. You know, we're doing the stadium. You need to do something. The details are really vague, right? How much money is it going to be? What is it going to be toward? And this was a meeting that um, the two of the local council members assembled uh, citizens, and there was like... 50, 60 people there. It was a really good crowd. It was a, lots of different types of people there. Um, and um, uh, uh, one of the one of the things is I was at a table with um, a guy who 
uh, lives four houses down from me, and um, uh, he was after we had never really talked. I just knew him. He moved in town. Uh, he and his wife um, moved uh, moved here last year, and um, we I just knew them as on Halloween. I would talk to them because the, they've been here for two Halloweens, and they give out full candy bars. So that's, Dude, that's a score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are. A gem in this neighborhood. Real community asset. But, That's but, uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, but but, was, but you mean. know, I was talking to uh, to this guy Mark, uh, and uh, he said, "Yeah, my uh, we we became season ticket holders, uh, my wife and I, and uh, sh- she has started listening to some podcasts and realized that the person on this podcast she listens to." tweeted about this house for sale next to him and she realized she re- basically realized that oh Wes lives like four houses away anyway but he's he said in other words you're famous yeah he said uh, um, that she's kind of depressed about how many players that, that that they've lost like why should I get into this team if these guys are going to lose I think the first one was Sam Nicholson she really liked the pitbull Sam Nicholson and then uh, um uh, I think it was Lampson and, and Jerry. Maybe were the other two. Uh, um, I know it was Jerry. Was one of them. I know love for Ibsen, huh? And uh, uh, yeah, apparently not. Uh, but uh, he, he asked me this question. I said, you know, I'll bring this up on the podcast. He said, um, uh, how, what, what, what would you say to my wife? Who like, it's like, well, why should I be into this team if everyone's just going to leave? And I had my half answer I gave, but I, I thought I'd just throw that to you guys. I like. Yeah, what what do you say? Like, a Christian Ramirez is going to leave. You know, uh, you'll next year we will have some players. One one of them that you like will leave. Uh, uh, what what what's your advice, Alex or or you, Rodrigo? Three year plan, baby. <laughs> Three year plan, baby. Oh man. <laughs> I think yeah. that. Um, I don't know. I, I think that one of the things is that, like, the player, like players are are people too, and they have, you know, their own lives, and their lives are not always intrinsically tied up in Minnesota. Right. Um, and so, with like Christian, you know, for example, I mean, I thought it was really, a, really terrible for us to trade him. I, I, I still don't agree with it. But I was happy for him personally because he got to go back where he's from. You know, he has a young child, and he and his wife went back home. Were able to stay, you know, see their see their parents a lot more. So, in term from like a player perspective, you know, some, sometimes trades don't work out for the player, but sometimes they do. And I, I think that I think that um, and, and like with the Lampson thing, like I, I'm. I'm happy that some other city, I'm happy that some other community will get to to benefit from the work that he does. Um, but, you know, I just think that it, it is, it's like one of those things that just sort of is intrinsically awful about sports is that when things don't work out on the field, and sometimes even when they do, and you have salary caps and all this other stuff, you know, people are moving around, and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna lose players that you like, and and um, I, I just try to remember that, you know, just because they're leaving doesn't mean that they are unhappy, or just that they're going to some worse situation, and that, you know, or that they're not able to be friends with anyone on their team again, and those kind of personal connections that you enjoy seeing manifest on the field. You know, they they still exist, right? Even if they if they aren't playing soccer together or something like that. I mean, I think an example of a solidarity around the MLS or around uh, former players of the United is if if we were looking at that um, tearful video that uh, Jerry put, and how like all former uh, players were were you know giving him him thank yous and telling him to see him around, and you know from Sammy to Christian. To uh, I forget who else. There was just a bunch of other players who would yeah. just go in there and say, "Hey, you know, we love having you. We love having you around. We wish you the best." You know, and and you know, honestly, we 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 understand that this is this is a business, right? Right. Yeah. And and then there will be decisions that are that no one's gonna like, um, and we and we get that, and you know, um, and we understand that. And but the reason is, why do you come to games? Is it for just to watch? 
uh, soccer? Is it to be in the atmosphere? What is your what is your, what what is your drive? Yeah. For me, is is I want to be able to watch, but I also want to be in an area where I get to see other people interact the same way I do, right? And have people who have the same passion and value towards the sport, um, and and want to and want to see it grow, right? And I think I think our community uh, from the dark clouds and all the other supporting groups, I think they're all you know they they're they're a good reason to. To, to get behind it and I think you know not only that but being able to, to support a professional team of a, of a sport that I personally love yeah uh, is another thing right I mean I think and to have it you know have it close to walking distance to it is, is, is yeah. another perk as well too that's controversial in itself but at the same time I love Lampson you know yeah. he's a great human being not the greatest goalkeeper I'll, I'll say I'll say that um people follow follow the the team and the sport for various different reasons it's, it's really fun kind of interacting with people who like uh i think even between the three of us we probably we get kicks out of it for very different reasons pun i guess intended but um you know it, it, one thing about the team is that they have they are still skating by and not uh not giving fans things to rally behind right you can you can pull out christian uh, and kind of push them to the side first, and then then kind of pull them out. But like, why they they need to address this type of thing? Like, what's the narrative you're giving? Who are we backing? And I say this all the time, right? Their ads are about supporters groups. They're not about these these teams. And it's like eventually the players. I mean, eventually you need to give us someone we can rally behind, right? There's uh, Darwin Quintero is someone you can rally behind, but Darwin to the best of my knowledge, does not really speak any English. So he's not someone who, for most most of the uh, English-speaking fans, that they can engage with, right? right. Or, or, you know... Right. Um, and then Jessica left as well, too. Yeah. So then they, and they'll, and then, they'll, I'm sure... I'm sure they'll find sure someone. someone. Yeah. Uh, um, but, like, th- you need to give fans something like that. And... and, and it, I think it only applies to the product you put on the field, but also the, like, and you said about this meeting, the investment mm-hmm. you do in the community that you are now yeah. a part neighbors in, right? Yeah. So how are you going to, how are you going to invest, and how that's going to go, right? I mean, um, I was a critic of uh, of their uh, Honda pop up play players thing that they used to do, and mm-hmm. they've done commercials about, and and how they used to just only be suburban teams and all boys yeah. team, and it was the first time. Uh, when you know they, they had a girls team and, and it happened to be a Blackhawks team, and it was just having to be you know something that was closer to to where they're going to be. And I, my question is, what what is what is what is this club going to do to uh, appease the community needs uh, when it comes to well, when it comes to the sport in, in that yeah. sense, or what else are they willing to do? I mean, like yeah. for example, the Vikings, you know, fronted a good chunk of money to put that uh, turf stadium over at Como Park, Como Park High School, right? It's the first time they had a stadium really built uh, turf for the, for their be able to host, you know, the first time ever, it, uh, uh, what is it, their homecoming high school game, right? Football oh. game. So, I mean, those, those type of things do matter, yeah. right? People will take notice of those things. So what yeah. is their strategy? Yeah. What is their long-term, right? Yeah, let me hit a couple of these other players. Sorry, I'm going to just move on real quick, Chief. Um, Ibsen... I want to say a few words about Ibsen. Uh, Ibsen is an extremely, we all know, is a controversial player because he's infuriating at times. But, um, uh, you know, I always joke about Ibsen, how much I love Ibsen. Uh, but for real, I think he's the best, uh, most talented player to play uh, in Minnesota as long as I've been here, right? The, there's a whole long history way before uh, my coming to this team. Uh, and he was... A revelation, and he was always an infuriating revelation, right? Because he would just stop playing or complain, but he was magical. Um, you know, Darwin is is now uh, certainly in that kind of stratosphere. But I, I just I love Ibsen, what he could bring, and we never uh, only only for a few times uh, in a couple of seasons, you know, a few stretches, we saw the, like Ibsen raise himself to the challenge right he always seemed to be playing beneath himself down with these other people who were not as good as him so <laughs> i will miss Ibsen a whole lot um he had a good he had a good couple real really memorable goals this season oh so, yeah the yeah, back heel the back heel oh, was like, um, so yeah 
had uh, amazing inability to score goals as well. But yeah. uh, you know, the other a couple other things, um, Maximiano and Fernando Bob. Uh, Maximiano, there was a transfer fee needed for him, so it's very understandable why the team didn't go for him. Uh, but I think it is very what we see from this team is uh, who had this number? Was it Notch? Someone tweeted out or put up the number of how many players have come into this team in the last couple of years and how many are gone. And you've seen them take flyers on these guys and they're all gone. Like, very few of the chances they took on these international players bringing in have panned out. And that is extremely telling. Not just with the Cameroonian duo with Patrick Swayze and uh, and, and Pangop Party, but um, you, like, there, there's just this, like, this plan is not working, right? It, it, it feels like they're just, you know, going to see what they can get for the minimum and then just try to see if it, if it figures out. I, I don't know if there's a the research. Wall. Yeah, exactly. See if it sticks, right? Yeah. See what see what sticks, what doesn't stick. And yeah, I mean, and they're still throwing shit and it's not sticky shit. So like <laughs> <laughs> well, let me yeah. let me try to combine your stories from the bar. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> let me try to combine two thoughts here because I also want to s- s- say something about Ibsen, which is that he was a player who the talent was so obvious and yet he his presence on the field never seemed correlated with winning or like superior performances from the team and that was always this big mystery with him and and no one was ever really able to figure it out you know through three coaches no one was able to really yeah. really figure out how to how to deploy Ibsen in a way that was going to make the team better yeah. And, and, and how to figure out how to use his talents to make the team better. And I think that you, what, what's so striking about that, the turnover that we've had among these lone players and among the players who we've signed is that the turnover on the roster has not been matched by any turnover on the coaching staff or the technical staff. Right. And, you know, I think we have, have really flogged this this issue pretty heavily this year. And we don't need to go into it too much. But, you know, Ian Fuller went out to Africa twice, to Cameroon at least, and came back with two players who we've released after a year. Yep. And, you know, we've taken flyers on Alexi Gomez, Maximiano, you know, uh, Brandon Allen, Jose Leton, um, you know, F- Fernando Bob. I mean, oh, he wasn't alone, but, you know, yeah. all of these players. And it, you know, it, it just, it just makes you think like, how can we trust that the new set of players we recruit is going to be properly scouted and is going to be able to, play at this level and so far the team has basically succeeded once but in identifying a talent bringing him in and having him look successful and that's Romario Ibarra obviously we brought in Darwin Quintero but it did not take a genius to know that Darwin Quintero was a right. player who could succeed at MLS and Romario is still the the, the jury's out but we've all seen right. the, the, right. we've seen the potential yeah, yeah. he has looked right. promising in the time we have played him, he is currently the striker on the team with the best goal rate, and he doesn't even play striker. So, <laughs> right. I, I think that yeah. I think that you know I, I think that you really you have to yeah. you have to sort of question the team's ability to identify talent. And this off season is so make or break, you know. And and the fact that there has been no turnover. Among there's been so much turnover on the roster and no turnover among the people charged with assembling and deploying the roster. I mean or, that is like or scouting for that matter. We should yeah. call it what it is. It, it it's a it's a real gamble. It's a it's a risk yeah. so that we're taking. Let me let me move on to a couple questions here because um, I want to talk about the the upcoming. We've got drafts and the off season stuff. DC Loon says uh, now that the majority of the teams have submitted their rosters for the end of the year, who should Minnesota United consider bringing in with the drafts? Um, there was uh, um, uh, Colin. 
It's Colin's last name from uh, We Call It Soccer. O'Donnell, I think. I'm sorry, Colin. I'm going from my stupid memory. Um, uh, created this list, and then I created, I put it into a, a, a Google Doc uh, that has all, all the players who are kind of available in kind of re-entry, waiver drafts, etc. Just so people know, the dates are... December 9th, there's a half-day trade window. So the day after, uh, so this coming Sunday, there's a, a morning where people can make trades. Then uh, the, the 11th, the, the expansion draft happens, uh, and then the 12th is a waiver draft. I'm not going to explain the difference between the waiver draft and the re-entry draft, which is the 14th, <laughs> but those things exist. Go read about them. You won't understand them anyway. Just know so that the waiver whatever. draft is the Tyron Mears draft. But uh, there's there's a few there's a few names that stick out uh, for me. Um, I don't know if they all would fit with Minnesota, but Nick DeLeon, uh, who was a midfielder, then became a, a fullback for uh, DC United, came out of the blocks as as a I think he won Rookie of the Year, um, uh, and then kind of stagnated a bit in DC. Uh, Roland Lamar in in uh, uh, Dallas is a winger. We won't go after him, but he's he struck me as being surprising for. I think he has like 19 goals in 60 games. Uh, um, Demarcus Beasley, uh, he's 73 years old, but he still outpaced Miguel Ibarra several times this year. Uh, um, yeah, he was at my grandmother's birthday party. They were good friends growing up. Your grandma's from Indiana? I briefly thought, is this true? Is this true? Um, you know, if, I mean, you, if, if you're going to take a flyer, you take a flyer if, on DeMarcus Beasley, If the Beasley, team right? didn't think that, that Calvo was a left back, DeMarcus Beasley would be a great option. But you don't have Calvo and DeMarcus Beasley there. Um, uh, Tommy McNamara, I, I right. think, uh, again, he probably fits a role we don't need on our team. But, man, that guy should go to Philadelphia Union, and he'd be awesome uh, Ray Gaddis, he's a not necessarily a starting fullback, but he would be a pretty good uh, person fighting for that role. Um, Josh Yarrow, a young, often injured defender from Philadelphia. Aaron Mond is—he was in Real Salt Lake. I, I, he's one of those players who I think is good, but I haven't seen him play. I think in a couple, or I haven't noticed him play in a couple years. So maybe it's, I'm just going by memory. Um, Tony Beltran, right back. He's only 31 uh, from Real Salt Lake. Uh, and then the most obvious one for me is Benny Failhaber. Um, he makes a decent amount of money. He's 33 years old. You put him in there and he plays the Ibsen role, but he's way, way more uh, um, uh, uh, disciplined than Ibsen. Uh, and so, you know, Failhaber and Schuler in there, I, I think that that could be a pretty damn good central midfield pair. Uh, yeah, but Benny Failhaber and Adrian Heath are not going to like each other. Well, who's going to like It's going to be like, to make a second Timberwolves reference, This will be it'll be like a Jimmy Butler, Tom Thibodeau situation. In other words, he's going to be in his doghouse for... Uh, why? Wait, why would you say Failhaber when he wouldn't like each other? Because I think Failhaber is like a opinionated, you know, a little bit of an asshole kind of guy. And he has his way of playing that he wants to play. And I think that a, a guy like Bob Bradley maybe can impress him enough, but I don't expect him to suffer Adrian Heath's nonsense. Shenanigans. Okay. Well, maybe. I still would like to see it. Um so I don't know. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts. Uh, Chief, do you have any thoughts on, on players that you'd like to see come in or from the from the the drafts here coming up? Yeah, Ray Gaddis. I'd like to see Ray Gaddis. I mean, he's like a guy who you know I think could 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 take Jerry's spot. Basically, he's mm-hmm. a wingback or a fullback, and we know he can defend. Like that's he's not um, really a, a special player. Um, I think he probably has less to offer in the attack than Jerry, um, but he is a solid, dutiful defender, and uh, that is really one of the things that this team needs right now. Uh, and I feel way better about him coming in uh, as a replacement than someone like uh, Mark Birch. So, right for yeah. me, Ray Gaddis is is like one of the only players out of this group who I would yeah. who I would take. Um, 
Leo Bickelhaupt uh, says, Last winter, Minnesota United failed to impress or excite with their off-season acquisitions. They just released 10 players and are getting ready for a crucial year in a new stadium. What do you think might be realistic expectations for off-season signings this w- winter? And then I'll just add to that Andy Davies' question, uh, which is, do you have any confidence in the Minnesota United uh, staff's ability to fill our roster with quality players in a way that will actually improve the on-field results in 2019? That's, that's a little bit more of a loaded way to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. we... I think that I think that the last off season for Minnesota was possibly one of the worst in MLS history. Yeah, all of those players are gone. The only players we kept are the players we drafted. Yeah, all of them are gone, and that was coming off of a year where we had really obvious areas where we needed to improve, and one year later. Those areas are still the same areas where we need to improve. And we wasted an entire year, which is just, it's astonishing. And I mean, and the question Andy asked is the same question that I was asking just a few minutes ago. I mean, you know, what, what evidence do we have that this team's technical staff, let's not even think about the coaching for a minute. What evidence yeah. do we have that we are good at identifying players who can yeah. fit in our team and make our team better? Yeah. Yeah. How long were they in Colombia and, and nothing came out of yeah. that? Right? Well, I mean, yeah. you go, yeah. a lot of times you go places, you see... Right, you know, I, mean, I mean, I'm, I'm still, yeah. though, I mean, like, I think if you're, if you're going to go scout well, Mario South Barra. America... Yeah, yeah was in he Ibarra, playing? but he wasn't yeah. in Colombia, though. He's, he's in Ecuador. He's an Ecuadorian player, so he was yeah, playing. But he was playing in Colombia, wasn't he? Um... Anyway, I forget. Um, but I know he plays for the national team. So, so uh, moral story is, so I, I want to go back to this just um, just so people have expectations of what the next month will be like and they can appropriately hashtag panic. December 10th, Harrison Heath was announced. I don't know when, uh, I'm going from the Wikipedia page here. I don't know, uh, Tyrone Mears is not on this list. Um, and so I don't know when, or the date Oh, he was re-entry draft, so then he was right after that. Um, it wasn't until January 9th that we got Franz Pangop, and uh, then January 19th we got Matt Lampson, January 19th we got Awundi, and then Mason Toy, you know, the draftees. Um, so the expectations for the next month should be just pure panic. You should, you should feel free to pure panic. I, I think... The, the real question is we have 10 players to bring in and I don't even if we take out who whether or not we have faith in this team and its scouting ability or, or technical ability um, the real thing is that um, it's not easy to find 10 players uh, who are available right you can find good 10 players but you don't want to expend uh, expend gam tam to bring to trade for a Ray Gaddis type, right? Like a, 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 a middling, okay player. And we need several just okay players, right? We need just several role-filling guys um, because 10, 10 people, we're not going to sign 10 strikers, 10 DPs, 10 t- Gamtan players. Um, also, as we've always said on this uh, show, Finding international players is not easy, as we've seen. You know, you you hit with a smaller percentage of of international players than you do with MLS players. So, where can you get existing uh, bankable talent? I think it's an extremely difficult ask for any team, let alone Minnesota United and whatever you feel about their ability to get players. It's going to be really tough for them. I think that they can probably bring in. You know, they can bring in a Dax McCarty, they can bring in a Benny Failhaber, they can bring in uh, a few pretty good people who will make the team better, but they need to bring in, obviously, 10 guys. And they don't need to bring in 10 starters, but they probably need to bring in three starters, maybe, right? If we need a... Well, the, uh, yeah. I think that the, these next, like, right after the cup, I think you're, you were sort of joking when you say, you know, for the first month, hashtag panic, but I'm serious, I think people should panic if we don't hear anything in the first month because 
these issues that the team has, especially in the midfield, especially in defense, the need for a, a better goalkeeper, were apparent a year and a half ago. Exactly. And the, if, if the team, you know, I mean, we all know that with this team, news breaks, and then two weeks later, the team announces it at 6 o'clock on a Friday. You know, so, but, but, if, but if, if, if we aren't hearing about transfers soon after the MLS Cup and the offseason really starts, I think people should be worried because, you know, uh, <laughs> Minnesota should have players that they want to bring in lined up already. And I would, I would sign at least a couple of them before the holiday uh, season ends because you want to excite people into buying your merch and stuff. And I think that if, if, if we don't hear about anything, I'm going to take it as a sign that the club procrastinated on their homework yet again. And I'm going to be worried that we're headed towards another off season where we have club employees publicly saying, Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got this. We got this. And then the season starts and our marquee off-season signing is Tyrone Mears. So I'm going to I'm going to basically be panicking starting right after the final whistle of MLS Cup because the club has a lot to prove and may I don't know maybe they don't think that but they do. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I I agree with you but I, I no matter what um these deals are going to take time to do. I I don't think I think that shouldn't will be, they have been working on them yeah, for but months they, now? Yeah, but but other teams have not uh, decided their priorities. There's going to be negotiations. I, I think that they have these targets, and there's going to be negotiations that start after MLS Cup. You know, um, we you know we will be down. I will be down in Chicago. I think for the Super Draft, and there will be you know stuff there. So I would say last season we didn't sign. Our, 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 you know, we didn't sign anyone in the off season who, uh, you know, made a made a real impact um, uh, until March thirtieth. Once we were in the season, when that's when Darwin came. Um, yeah, but I'm looking at this list. That's the and, worst, worst off season in MLS history. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not so, our point of comparison. Right, and I, I think that that we should look at. You know, David Akam went to Philadelphia uh, at that Super Draft, right? And obviously that did not work out. But they need to be. They need to do something like that at the super draft or around that time, and I think that they're, you know, if if no one ha- no one if they only get one player in the re-entry draft or something like that, I, that's not a worry. It's really it's really mid January, and then you get to end of January, and it's like, well, where are the players? And I think that, you know, in all honesty, we'll have three more players between now and January twentieth. Um, if if the team has not identified. The a starting like either a central midfielder or a defensive midfielder who they intend will start every game next year. If they have not already identified that player, then I'm worried. Well, no, I mean, the, the, but it's a question that of type getting of it player done. Should be able to be announced before before the end of the year. Yeah, right. But at the same time, like you know, this this team, or at least the management, has shown that they have a plan A, but they don't really have a sound plan plan B. Right. I'm not it's telling the, you what I expect to happen. I'm telling yeah, you what yeah, should yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike Zone asks, uh, what is year three of the three-year plan? I, year profit, two, two point Profit, right? I yeah, mean, profit, it's like yeah. Sign some players, question mark, year, question mark, profit. Year two, electric boogaloo, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Fangmeyer says, uh, have any Minnesota United... Have there been any Minnesota United transfer rumors? If not, do you care to make some up? It doesn't need to be specific. Last year's reports of a Cameroonian signing gave me weeks of fun digging through transfer mark. I would say uh, Dax McCarty to Minnesota is is all but assured. I will say that Pedro Gallese will be the next uh, starting goalkeeper for Minnesota United. I have heard that uh, Ian Fuller has been religiously scouting the Faroese League <laughs> and has some young talents that he thinks really could make it. All right. Toby Seisler says, how much do you realistically think ownership will spend for a DP if they fit our needs and want to come to Minnesota? Uh, 
I mean, the answer to that, first of all, is that they tried to get Benedetti, and it was going to be eight million. You know, I mean, they were ready to to like get up in create big transfer numbers. You know, not Ezekiel Barco numbers, but uh, before you know, two years ago, an eight million dollar DP signing would have been uh, probably yeah, it would have been one of the top. Um, I don't think that it's a problem of of spending when they think it really fits the needs but uh but you know it's got to be they they're maybe being too picky i don't know maybe they're they're uh aiming for the the hottest dude at prom and they should just go with you know the best <laughs> the best friend oh man Uh, let me just ask this last question then. Do you, I don't know if either of you want to answer that question. No. Okay. Uh, Ricky Bauhaus, Backhouse, sorry. Ricky Backhouse says, uh, at RB, whatever. <laughs> Have you ever been to Minnesota's largest candy store in Jordan, Minnesota? They have a large selection of root beer over there. I have heard and I've seen pictures. But I have not been there. I've heard, seen pictures, but I've not been there. Alex, I think do. I have also not been there. Yeah, me neither. Sorry right. to disappoint, Ricky. I don't know where Jordan is, but Ricky, let's let's get a trip together out there. Um, yeah, uh, that those are all the questions I have. I don't know if anyone else uh, feels like uh, feels like they want to say anything that would Gosh. get something off their off their chest. So Christian Cueva's market value is. What four point five million? Where did Christian Cueva go? He they're all playing in Russia, which is oh. So Christian Cueva, what is it? Four point five million euros? I don't know what that is the equivalent of, but if that's close to anywhere anywhere to eight 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 million, I I would take a gamble, but okay. I don't think that's ever going to happen. So I'll stick with my Pedro Gallesi rumor. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Alex, it's great chatting with you. Uh, welcome back to Philadelphia. Uh, Rodrigo, good to see you again. Good to get the band back together again. Go Andy Polo. Uh, yeah. So uh, hopefully we'll see you guys, uh, you know, this weekend at the Blackheart uh, for either the uh, Copa Libertadores or the, the MLS Copa Cup Conquistadores final. Or, the, or the MLS final. Yeah. That's right. And then... Uh, yeah, and uh, thanks everyone. And we'll uh, next week. I think we'll be back. I, I don't want to push this pod when we don't wait, have anything wait, to wait. talk about. But we said we had nothing to talk about. Now we've gone a long time. Well, so. congratulations to uh, well, I guess not, but to Mexico for uh, winning second place in the U seventeen uh, Women's World Cup that happened in Uruguay. So if anyone did not watch any of that stuff, that was some great soccer being played there. And if this Mexican team were able to hold them together. Until they all can turn professional, um, it's it's gonna it's gonna create some good challenges for the, for the women's women's team. So yeah, they beat Brazil, they yeah. beat um, they beat Canada, um, they beat uh, Ghana, and um, they lost to Spain. So I mean that's that's a pretty 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 good um, way of doing it, and in they're doing all through Liga MX. Yeah, Femenil. So and this a, week is uh, also the women's World Cup. Uh, 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 they're pulling the pots for it. Oh really? Yeah. Are you the gonna groups? make it? It's like a. It's one of these mornings. So anyway, that's did you see the? Um, did you see the the uh, the winner of the um, oh, women's yes. Ballon d'Or? I wasn't even gonna say it. People yeah. should have. Uh, I was gonna make a twerk joke pe- when, but yeah. Yeah. Listen. Just look. Look up what happened and and weep because FIFA and world soccer is not just yeah. corrupt, not just endorsing slavery, but yeah. all, well, also it's just full of horrible people. You know, I, I, I watched a longer clip of that and the joke, he's asking her about dancing because they were going to do this dance thing and then he makes the twerk comment. And so I think the joke what? makes a little... I missed this. Oh, you missed this? I totally missed this, oh. yeah. Uh, the uh, the Norwegian uh, Ada, how do you say her last name? Starts with an H. Um, 
she wins the the Ballon d'Or. Okay. And the the French DJ who is uh, um, uh, kind of interviewing her or saying something, he's talking about like, oh, we're gonna dance. And then he the the clip that got on there was just this last question, which was like, can you twerk? And the look oh my God. the look that she gives is like <laughs> no, and turns away, and like people just rightfully ripped oh on this DJ. God. The joke. He was making obviously making a joke, and it was obviously stupidly offensive. And it made a little bit more sense when I saw the longer clip of why he would say that out of the blue. It still is not a defense. <laughs> so it does. And it's there just you like, go, FIFA. Yeah, stay classy so, as yeah. always. Yeah. All right, thank you, everyone. You stay classy, and uh, I think we'll be back next week. But I don't know. It's off season, so yes. Who knows? We'll see. Thanks. Take care. Oh, 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 oh